Hello and welcome to another episode of Scott and Liam vs. Evil. This week we're going to be taking you through two biblical movies and then a little bit on one of the sickest serial killers we've ever uh, encountered. I'm Liam and just before we recorded this I showed Scott my sweaty, sweaty boxers. <laughs> and I'm Scott and I've stolen those boxers and I'm taking them home with me. <laughs> you should put them up on the wall. You should probably explain that you were like at the gym before it and that's No, why. I will not. I'll explain nothing. <laughs> I just sweat profusely... In my ball region. He's <laughs> groin. They were groin, they were just... Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so, He Never Died. Uh, it's on Netflix. If you want to watch it, pause this. Go watch, go watch it, it. Come back. And let's talk about how fucking good it is. We um we were asked a couple weeks ago uh, by the guys at the Real Rats podcast if we'd watched this because they, they'd watched it, seemed to enjoy it and wanted to know what we thought. So we said, we'll put it on our list. And I think when we both watched it, we both instantly that we are yeah. we need to do an episode on this because it is. Not tits. only does it star <laughs> Henry Rollins, who's just a bad motherfucker. He is just a badass. Did Lead singer of Black Flag, yeah. one of my favorite bands. See, what I read it. I kind of read up to see that he went to see them, liked them, and then jumped up on stage the next time and just started singing. <laughs> just, and they just <laughs> never, they never, they <laughs> never kicked him off. <laughs> uh, just such a badass. He's in quite a few what, movies. He does spoken word. See, like I've, I, I'd obviously was aware of that, but um, after watching this this movie, he's definitely cemented himself as like myself as a massive fan of him. And next time he comes back to Glasgow, spoken word, I'll definitely up for He's done it a few times. Yeah, like well, he's stuff. doing a tour just now, and I think he's he's going into Edinburgh, which is I think it's like through the week as well. It's like midweek, which you know it's not that difficult to get to, but it's a wee bit of pain in the ass. We could do it. It's could it's possible. We could do it for the Rollins. We could do it for the Rollins. A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, obviously we both fucking love this film. Third Jack came out in two thousand and fifteen, and Joy. Basically, like just I, I loved it straight away. Like his deadpan delivery. Like see the way, and I can see uh, on looking at on the comments online for this movie, some people see that as a put off. Like they, they don't like it because of the way like he acts in it, and it's like they, they that makes bad it acting. though. But yeah, I, exactly yeah. for me, it makes it absolutely. It's just so. And I think I said it in an early podcast. One of my favorite lines is when he comes in and decks on at the bed. And his daughter says, what have we got to do today? I'm doing it. <laughs> she says, all right, so we've got to do anything today. I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's just, just lying in bed, that's it. How just... Have you managed to use that with no your girlfriend yet? No yet. No? Uh, just a quick summary of He Never Died, in case you're not going to watch it. Uh, Jack, a social outcast, is thrust out of his comfort zone when the outside world bangs on his door and he can't contain his violent past. Doesn't really tell you anything. You should be watching it. Uh, do you know one thing I noticed in it quite near the end the Alex character do you know he's played by ah, I was good oh was this your point this is exactly my point as well I Trevor played Grand Theft Auto but Steven did you also Oak. know that he uh, played one of Negan's uh, henchmen in The Walking Dead holy <laughs> shit on it in <laughs> I didn't know that because yeah. The Walking Dead is fucking he's terrible in the season finale uh, season 6 but yeah. I know yeah the voice of Trevor right? and he's, looks, actually, he's, a, he's a good actor yeah. and he looks like Trevor because it's, it's obviously it's made in his likeness but yeah it's, yeah. Uh, it's exactly what it looks like but the the film is just it's clever and it's interesting well, it's not see when I was watching I watched it originally and then I watched it again for this podcast I watched it today uh, and I was like it's enjoyable but the story while straightforward in the face of it it's quite confusing in the second watch because you know who he is by the time you watch it to the start of the second time and then but you, you still don't really know who these gangsters are because he's under the impression that under no idea why they're on him then of course he 
gets mixed up with because the um, the intern that was getting them blood yeah. has uh, borrowed money from them. But then, is that a ruse as well? Because it turns out at the end that he does know who this Alex guy is because he killed his dad back in the past and they did get kidnap his daughter on purpose. But did he not just kidnap his daughter? After. Because, yeah, because he got involved. To be honest, I, I didn't really... I mean, it's, it's, not not that, it's, not, point. it's not that I didn't follow it. To be honest, I was just enjoying, as you say, the deadpan lines that much that everything was, to me, it was hilarious. Aye. And I was enjoying the movie. I didn't even care about the story or plot. I was like, cause, and then during my second watch, I was trying to think, because I was thinking about writing down notes and that, and I was like thinking, who is the guy in the hat? Because I don't remember how this ends from from the first time I watched it. And then obviously you get to the end and find out that they don't actually tell you who he is. Yeah, I think, I quite like that though, see, because there's a constant airy mystery uh-huh. about it. But who do you think he the guy in the hat is? I assumed he was just the devil. Mm, see, that's because I wrote in as the devil, but I don't care, I think he's God. Mm. Because that's what he said. God would have a nicer suit. Nah, well, I don't know. I like to think my God in a light baby blue <laughs> but prom tuxedo. I think everybody wants to think of God as Morgan Freeman. Mm. In a white suit. Or was Lance Morissette. Probably Lance Morissette. She's soon her manager for five million. Really? Why? Yeah, apparently it took all well he took five million. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want back, just the five million, nothing else. Total digression there, but I heard that today. <laughs> no, I think he's a, I think he's God because at the end when he meets him he shouts at him, he says, Is it because I killed that that and he pronounces it old fashioned way, so he's obviously it, uh, the the spoiler alert, it turns out that he's Cain, uh, and if you're familiar with the Bible, uh Cain and Abel were the son of Adam and Eve. Uh they both gave a tribute to God and God seemed to like Adam uh, Abel's. Abel's better, so Cain got jealous and killed his brother. And the uh, first murder first in murder. history, if you believe the Bible. Yeah. The original sin. Well, it's not the original sin because his mum was the first sinner, eh? She stole that apple. I thought she stole the apple. Oh, she, she was telling me. She'd done she it. She anyway. eat it, but was it stolen? Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, Every time in Asda, when they try to get me for stealing, <laughs> was it really stolen? It's just an apple, mate. The, um, the, so what's the story of Cain then? Cause I... Well, Cain was a crop farmer. Abel was a shepherd. So they made sacrifices to God and she said God favoured Abel's sacrifice. Because um, Cain gave him crops and Abel gave him meat. Yeah. So it's quite clearly that uh, vegetarians are against the Bible and they should all go to hell. Yep. <laughs> Just so we clear that up. And God loves meat. God loves meat. Uh, so he favoured Abel's sacrifice. Cain lured Abel out into a field and killed him. Uh, and because Cain had spilled Abel's blood into the soil, God, God expelled Cain with a curse uh, to be a fugitive and a wanderer, unable to farm the lands because Abel's blood had, as if it had poisoned it. Because he's done that... He can't farm his lands. He gave him the mark of Cain, which is meant to be... Nobody really knows what it is, but it's visible on him. Uh, which is it served as God's promise to Cain for divine protection from premature death, essentially to prevent anyone from being able to kill him. So therefore he was doomed to walk the earth, and that would explain why in the front cover of the, the movie he's got wings, but throughout the whole movie you just see the wings have been like severed. That would explain that because God's cut them off, doomed them to walk the earth. He can't fly anywhere. And see, yeah. that's the thing because that's the part of it. He does walk. He walks everywhere in this movie. I mean, they make a joke. Says he only goes. Why do you need a car when you only go three places? But see, in in the Bible verse, when I was kind of doing a bit of reading on it, 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 it seems that he's also the 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 original angsty teen as well. When God says to him, 
Um, where is your brother? How's that supposed to know? I'm not his keeper. <laughs> God can see yeah. all, man. He wears a chilby hat and sits. If that is good. Oh, it's God. Um, <laughs> so when she's and then there's there's a part in the movie located. There's a there's a woman obviously in the in the cafe who's his love interest. Well, she's his she love likes interest him, yeah. really, isn't it? Um, so she's chasing after him, um, getting more and more smitten by him but she's asking him about his history and he says about all the jobs he's done and he's done like every <laughs> job ever but it's uh, and he also says he was a teacher for a while a history teacher that yeah. makes sense because you've seen it there you've been there and she, she asks what he thought of the civil war and he said he doesn't know because he was in China <laughs> <laughs> see it's wee, it's wee lines that probably are throwy lines they don't have a lot of substance behind them but it's, I think it's just clever aye yeah, it does what? But then she's like, there's there is parts of it like watching back. If you've watched the movie f- all the way through and you know who he is, you watch it back again. She asks him, "What about your parents?" And then he just kind of stares at her for a while and he just walks away. Doesn't he answer? Yeah. It. And that's obviously because then you don't go into it. The movie would probably take a mat. You'd need to have a whole big run of dialogue or at least open some cans or leaves people asking questions if he had said anything. By saying nothing, it runs into the whole because he said he doesn't even. When when he eventually tells her that he was in the Bible, that's how old he is. Um, he says, "I don't even know if I had a father." So I mean, essentially, you're looking at a human mind who has lived through. I mean, I, I can't even remember last week. So how the hell yeah, is she supposed is. to learn? Like, remember two thousand years ago or longer? If he's before I Jesus, I think that might mean? be why he's got wings in. It might have been the son of Eve and an angel. Oh yeah, because at the start the guys weren't getting it on back then. God was yeah. pumping them all. Morgan Freeman in a white suit. Morgan Freeman in a white suit, banging all the Getting digging. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to go to heaven. It's <laughs> a party I want to be involved in. Yeah. Uh, see, when it's close, it's close to the end, and uh, Jack gets shot in the head. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know why, I was watching it, and I just get fucking hyped up. I was like, oh, now it's on. Because it's done in quite a way that uh, it's it makes you see exactly how immortal he is, but also it's quite brutal in the sense of the gangsters, because they have been, you're not really sure like what kind of gangsters these guys are. The two guys that come up to begin with, the first couple of times they meet him when he gets in a fight with them, they're, they're kind of bungling almost, but then this kind of weird Russian-looking guy will just walks up and just pops him right in yeah, the head. Yeah. Um, and that's quite, because he only looks about 18 and it's quite sinister almost like if that was if it was a different kind of movie if it wasn't supernatural if it was about like getting in the wrong yeah, gangsters that would be brutal yeah it would be yeah. completely brutal but um, I, it's, it's, that's when it ramps I, up almost isn't it to be honest I kept thinking the whole way through that the, the gang it was a bit like dogma like they were Azrael's <laughs> demons and dogma mm-hmm. uh, they were just psychics so I still thought they were religious and biblical in some sense and they knew who he was but then you yeah, think that they don't actually they don't. know who he was when they're like because he's just taking them out. To be honest, I watched this twice, stoned. <laughs> I fell asleep, so I, I watched it again, but I say I was enjoying the lines that I watched it. I didn't really think about it until now, so I'm going to watch it again. There's, see um, if I can investigate. Is, no, I'll probably watch it again as well. See, like... Um, I, did, I, I bought it. Right. You know it's on Netflix. <laughs> the question I have, right, you know how when he goes to, like, going to be meeting yeah, the guy for Grand Theft Auto, uh-huh. and... He's saying he's he's bullshit and saying no, I don't know your daughter, I don't have her, and he can sense through the wall that he can hear her. Yeah. Then why does he just say right, I'm off, and then like I mean, because at one point I thought uh, that he was just decided because he's like immortal and he's lost loves and like people that he's loved over the the years. Was he just got to turn his back and just let them kill her and just go on with the rest of his immortality? Well, yeah, because he or, didn't seem to care. I mean, see the the scene where he, he kind of throws his daughter out and he's like, oh, you. 
or like whatever he calls or something like she, she should have been aborted. I know, but on the phone, he's on the phone. Are you watching like abortion costs three hundred dollars? <laughs> you could afford it. <laughs> You're like <laughs> when, he goes, hell, when he goes and finds her when she goes back with that guy and he goes like. Hey, you're safe. Yeah, don't die before you get home to your mum. Just leaves. <laughs> so maybe he just didn't want to get involved. He knows she's there. Does he know it's her though? Did he maybe just hear a voice and think, "I'm not interested. I don't want to I get think, involved in this." I think that's where it went. But it is also quite confusing from the from a watching a movie standpoint because you expect your hero to have empathy and have feelings and have something to live for so you'd want him to like then get that connection with his daughter and that's the reason why he goes and fights so mm-hmm. with him walking away and leaving her in there it's a wee bit like bro you're a bit of a dick do you know, know what else away. see because God or Morgan Freeman has told him that he's to wander the earth as a fugitive is it maybe then that this gang were going to go after him anyway and for his whole life he's just been attacked he can't help it that's why he's always worn out He's just getting if he's going to be a fugitive, yeah, he's living a life as a fugitive. So this gang don't know why they're attacking him. They just are because so that's the cost. All, all the way through history, he's just found himself. He's just, he's just found himself yeah, getting loud. And you see like when he's getting shot and stuff, it's like he doesn't kill him, but it hurts. So I mean, it can be, kind of be fun. And then obviously if you do get relationships with people, like you say, he was married more than twice, these people have died. So I mean, he's got all these emotions that he's having to deal with all through existence. Like maybe you would just want to just like go to sleep, just play it. bingo and that's it. He's shit bingo. He's shit bingo. <laughs> see, um, I love it. Like, see, the way, like, I wish I just could be as cool as he is, man. See, like, just the way he gets to the end of, end of chats. I wish I could end chats with, you'll never see me again. Like, see, <laughs> they're just like, I mean, I'll never be in a situation where that would be able to be pumped with emphasis, but, you know, next time I'm in, like, Starbucks or something, and they go, here's your, uh, here's your latte, uh, have a nice day, you'll never see me again. And just walk away. <laughs> no, no, you, but you'll turn around, drop the coffee, have to uh, get another one, wait yeah. for five minutes. <laughs> Stutter my way through it and then come back in the morning for another one. <laughs> Apologise, they spelt your name wrong. <laughs> Apparently they do that on purpose. Yeah? Yeah. They spell your name wrong on purpose so that you go onto your Instagram and go, hey, Starbucks, hashtag Starbucks, yeah. spelt my name wrong. Free advertised. That's true. Yeah. Do you know what we should do? What? Start grinning, using different aliases, and then just taking photos in every week. I don't even know how long, often you drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> just go ahead and go, yeah, today I'm Peter, you are, however you want to be, John. It would be funny once. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest as just, I'm saying it, I'm realising that's a shit up, idea. I'd put it up and then just hashtag other, like, hashtag Costa, hashtag Little Leos. <laughs> um, did you hear the part in uh, when he's talking at the end and when he's shouting at, well, who I think is God, who you think might be Satan? Um, when he's saying, like, and he's pronouncing, like, his names, like, he says that his name is originally Cayenne and his brother Abel's Achbel. But um, he, he said, was it because I murdered that? Uh, what do you call him a little shit? Because because I'm a little shit, is this, does this how all this happened? And then, yeah, uh, he but he also said about how when he was in Malak Malachi and Malachia mm. that he, he he impaled many people, which would imply that he either is Vlad the Impaler or was like related with to him, him. like mm. working with him at the time. So therefore, he's also Dracula. The movie's got everything. It's got everything. Here's the thing. Um, have you got anything else to say? No. After my Starbucks idea, I'm just deflated. Uh, only because I like to keep in order, and I've wrote this after. So I've, I'm giving it nine games of bingo out of ten because it was pretty sweet. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable film with fantastic performance from all the cast, especially Henry Rollins. 
I think I'm right in saying that there's a sequel in the works or a TV show in the oh, works. Really? Starring Henry Rollins. He's on board. That'd be pretty cool. I'm sure I read that somewhere, which would be awesome. See the way he delivers lines. I like to think that it could just be autobiographical, That's and that, that is. is just the way he is. Maybe a wee bit like easier to approach, but I like to think that's the way he just speaks. In we'll general. find out when we go to spoken word. Sure. And meet him after it and be like, meet him after it. Just see what he's up to. Tell me you'll never see me again. <laughs> Do I play the Star <laughs> Wars game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was He Never Died. It's on Netflix now. Still worth a watch, Probably even if you think we've yeah. ruined it. It's yeah, don't enjoy that. I went and bought it after I watched it. Just so I would have it. Because you know how Netflix just like to take things off. I and know, yeah. Fuck you up. Uh, next movie is The Prophecy from 1995 with the main man, Christopher Walken. Uh, it's another biblical movie uh, about... The Archangel Gabriel, however they call him, the Dark Angel Gabriel in this movie. Kind of the second... Although it's not really like... It's not it's not the arc, like the Noah's Archangel. It's arc, like a arch. Right, like uh, arc. yeah. So it's a bit of a rubbish pun. Those 1990s filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you. Uh, it's about the kind of... The war between the angels and gods that some angels were pissed off with gods putting humans above all creatures especially angels and decided to take matters into their own hands uh, what did you think of it? Is this the first time you've seen it? Well, that's the first time I've seen it and I've got a couple of wee notes that I wrote down here that um, were from the first one or two scenes I believe and uh, it was began in uh, where our cop where our main character uh, shows his past where he almost became a priest to mm-hmm. then go become a cop uh, I've written down here like when you think about it God did a pretty shit job with humans didn't he <laughs> like when he, if, you, if, he, if he exists and we are the product of him we are, we are a terrible example of did God do a shit job with us or did humans just fuck up see because I think that's nonsense to, what's he done for the last however many like what creationism believes it's Morgan Freeman man just where nice the world exists <laughs> oh, nothing to add and do you know what I also thought I was thinking how many priests and ministers out there just bullshit like just act the word of the Lord because you get a good wage for being a minister I believe they, they, they I, think in, Ameri- I think in America you got a, you, you got a yeah, billion yeah. wage but over here you get a good wage mm. you get like 50 grand a year at least I, I, maybe I don't know if I can if I can I believe that there is a there is a God in a world where the walking dead still exists after season 2 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can believe in that God <laughs> see what I was thinking as well I don't think people are actually God fearing anymore there might be a lot of people like say the Bible Belt in America who are shout the word to God all the time to spout their own hate and their own yeah. anger at different things um, whether it be homosexuals transsexuals fucking asexuals blacks, bisexuals Barack Obama whoever whoever they're hating um, they, they'll use that but I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to be like struck down smited to be lightning bolts or anything like that I think anyone that commits like an act of terrorism for the word of God would be God fearing because why would you bother uh, possibly but do you think I was thinking today right like um, and I don't know what I think I might have wrote this in my notes somewhere but I'm going to say it now like I think the whole religion thing I mean d- d- I was brought up Christian Protestant but I stopped going to church when I was I don't know high school age you were brought up Catholic but I don't know how yeah. serious you take it uh, I was Brought up with both sides. My dad was Catholic, but he's non-practicing. I was, well, yeah, I was raised Catholic, made my communion, made my confession, made my confirmation, 
was an altar boy. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was an altar boy and I got asked to leave the cloth because... Because we had a, we covered had a, it in too much semen. No. <laughs> no. Just, leave, just leave that cloth there, son. <laughs> we, we got... It was like fucking primary four, man. Uh, there was a rota. Perfect age. There was a rota, so there was a Saturday night service, uh, a Sunday kind of morning and a Sunday night. And I would change the rota so I'd get like somebody to do my Saturday night and I'd tell them I'd do the next Sunday but I didn't go to somebody else to change that Sunday. So after six weeks of me not doing it, the guy eventually came to me and said, right Liam, just <laughs> just leave. <laughs> the only things I did were funerals and weddings because you get 25 quid. <laughs> so I was extorting the <laughs> I was extorting Catholicism from a young age, but now, growing up, I still believe there is an entity, I still believe there well, is a God, here's, but I don't believe it is... One kind of argument I've got, and there's people who are very well, very articulate and very well educated on this subject, like who could probably wipe the floor with us. Beat me in a a debate, but my beliefs, I think that um, any God who would would put his word down on the Middle East to say this is the way it is, and uh, if you don't believe me and follow my rules, then you're going to hell. That's not fair on like Native American Indians who never ever were told that, or indigenous tribes like Papua New Guinea who have never ever seen like yeah, the rest yeah. of humanity how are they supposed to know they just go to hell because nobody told them that's not fair and they say that God's not fair but that's, that's not that's not just like not fair that's bullshit I, just, I, I do believe there is an overall being because every every religion and culture right. has it here's exactly because but it's just for the record I'm not now a practicing Catholic this, this could go this could go <laughs> in fact we could probably take up the rest of the pod, this episode podcast just be discussing this and maybe we will one day like actually sit down and have like a full Scott and Liam this is religion <laughs> because I don't think it's not not hate it's just my opinion but my, but my opinion is actually was if you could take somebody who had never ever experienced any religion whatsoever an adult a fully functioning adult who had never experienced any religion who hadn't been swayed or understood what it was before just and just broached them the subject and just told them what, what God was and mm. told them what Christianity was would they think that that's a sensible idea or would they think it's bonkers people follow it because their parents did or somebody else did because so many people did and because peer pressure is a real thing people just keep yeah. falling on and falling on if you are completely blind to it and somebody just comes up and tells you everything about it I, a guy like yeah, 4,000 years ago created everybody just because they wanted to and then he's left us to their own devices and that's why he doesn't come back but we believe he's there and then when we die we'll go upstairs to a big massive party or if you don't you'll go down into a fiery pit you'd be like ah, nah you're alright I'll just I won't I'll just love my life be happy yeah, I suppose it's right. debatable but back to prophecy so Christopher Walken plays the angel Gabriel in what must be the creepiest Christopher Walken performance have you have you ever. did you see have you hit seen the bible how what they describe angels as have you seen this no but I know angels are fucking terrifying yeah I know this is closer to like theological angels as opposed to the wee fat baby angels that you see on like greeting cards not greeting cards but cards with angels on them like Cupids. Yeah, we fluffy angels. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the beast was like a lion, and the second beast was like a calf. The third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. 
I can understand where people are god fearing. I was lost in the magic of your eyes yeah. there. Maybe, your I fiery be, eyes. maybe I could be a bullshit priest and I would, for it. I would follow your cult. <laughs> Until you sat us all down and tried to show us the Walking Dead, then I would I'd hand her my membership. That's, that's my church of the Walking Dead. I'm Go and join Jonestown. Yeah. Uh, I thought Christopher Walken was outstanding in this. Oh, as always. He's he just. See the bit where they. Basically, during the, the film, there is. There's meant to be a black soul on Earth. If the angels get a hold of this black soul, which they can kind of suck out you with a kiss, mm-hmm. uh, if they get a hold of this black soul, they hold the power and could basically overthrow God. So one angel comes to get it. There is a good angel, Joseph, which is who's played by Eric Stoltz, also a who, very good performance. Who was the original Martin McFly? Who was? That? Yep. Yeah, he filmed the first couple of scenes and then had then they sacked him. Which I feel I, I do think Michael J. Fox has made a way better Martin yeah. McFly, but Eric Stoltz is a very yeah. underrated actor. Yeah. Well, I say he's underrated. He's underrated in my head. Yeah. Uh, Did he not so, also play um, the mask in the Cher's son with the big uh, yeah? <laughs> How good was that? <laughs> uh, so the bad angel gets wiped out and a very brutal death scene at the start mm-hmm. and then Christopher Walken comes to earth as Gabriel seeing when he goes to visit like to try find this soul and he sees the blood and he goes down and kind of sniffs it and licks it I think that was ad-libbed I genuinely think Christopher yeah. Walken's just that creepy that <laughs> made, I'm just going to taste this and he just kept filming uh, so then he gets his uh, he's almost his Renfield character doesn't he because he gets that the, the guy who was almost going to kill himself fucking Adam Goldberg that guy Adam is Goldberg. in Everton he is 1995 yeah he's not aged he's not aged at, at all <laughs> I was watching Days and Confused for the first time the other day there he's in that he's in <laughs> he does look a bit younger in that movie right uh, now. but yeah he's in Everton but he's also brilliant in this as well he's so Gabriel can just on the brink of death and people die he can stop them and then keep them in like a kind of limbo like living with them and suffering just to do his bidding which is what Adam Goldberg does because he tried to commit suicide and he's constantly the whole way through the film begging Gabriel to kill him and put him out of his misery but he's also a bit of comic relief he's, 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 yeah, he's back and forth del- yeah, Gabriel delivery, yeah. Yeah. so Joseph eventually puts the soul of the it's like a Korean warlord which you then find out committed horrible fucking war crimes and he is the he had the black soul, so Joseph before Gabriel kills him puts it into a little Native American girl, who then starts to become possessed. Which is where I kind of hadn't like backed up my thought what I was saying earlier. Like like it's completely different religions. It was interesting that they'd mixed them together. Yeah. Like she got a Christian spirit like this Christian like insider, uh, and then they were using Native American kind of shaman rituals and stuff to try. And yeah, to try and bring it out. Which is just good. Uh, and. I think the performances from pretty much all of them. Christopher Walken, Eric Stokes, and then 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 were all in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think who that was, but yeah, yeah. But they didn't have any scenes in Pulp Fiction together, obviously in this. Well, Christopher Walken and scenes with them both. Also, whatever happened to Virginia Madsen? What one's that again? She's the main woman. She's in Candyman. Oh shit, yeah. And I think that's... That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Did she die? she I died, I'll feel bad. She may, she may have died. Virginia Madsen, if you're dead, we're sorry. Man, we're sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll send this podcast to you on Twitter and if you retweet it, then we know you're alive. <laughs> it's okay, you're up there with Morgan Freeman and I like to say <laughs> You're having way more fun than us. Eh? <coughs> Enjoyed the theology aspect throughout the whole film. Eh? As you say, because the description of angels was closer to the old scriptures. An angel... 
I kill firstborns while their mamas watch. I turn cities into salt. I even, when I feel like it, rip the souls from the girls and from now till kingdom come, the only thing you can count on in your existence is never understanding why. <sighs> and I think, see, religion and horror just in general both these films and The Exorcist and fucking anything else they're so rife with mystery and suspense that they kind of add a substance like a substance and an airy creepiness that slasher films don't because I think everyone it, the god fearing thing well it is still a thing it's ingrained that people still fear yeah. uh, they still fear religion in a way yeah. and to see it like uh, some uh, some blasphemous of that on screen, I think to me it still it makes me feel a bit oh, uneasy. Should, yeah. Well, I suppose it because I mean you don't really know if there is anything afterwards until you get there, and you've got no control over it either. That's the probably that's probably the scary part, really, if you believe it, one hundred percent. It's um this movie I kind of got bored, kind of halfway, maybe three quarters of the way through. There's a kind of scene where it's like could be the end of the movie when they um, blow up the the trailer and. The first cool guy to not look at an explosion but still fall over. <laughs> <laughs> they um they then go on for like another twenty minutes and I was like, I could have I could have been happy if it, if they just finished up there and said that was him dead and that's the end of the story. Ah no. They had to obviously I mean, I, the I, two sequels. I suppose the story <laughs> did kinda come round towards the end when and they had to get rid of the spirit and finish up all that part, but but that part I was just like I was I was bored. <laughs> See I liked it. It wasn't the best movie. It, see, if it wasn't for their performances, it'd be disposable one watch, never again to be repeated, never to be spoke about. But well, I uh, can't think of a reason that I will ever watch this movie again. Really? <laughs> really. Uh, I thought it was too even born to even fucking rip it. It's not like I can like, make funny here because it was just that <laughs> shit. I, I, <laughs> I bought the box set before I watched the first one so now I'm committed to having to how watch ma- two How many three. movies did you get in that? Uh, three. And how many? How much did it cost you? Uh, like six pounds. And that's exactly the reason why it's... Christopher <laughs> Walken is in all three of them. I'd, I'd easily exactly. Pay, I'd that's, pay that's another thing that just brings it Scott, down. I'd pay six pounds until the cows come home just to watch Christopher Walken. Just do things. <laughs> uh, throughout the movie... There's a very eerie and suspenseful tone and it's carried well with the soundtrack in very quick, ominous kind of orchestral changes every time Gabriel appears. I like that. I thought I thought that was well done. Yeah. Uh, and Viggo Mortensen is oh, in it for yeah, like 10 right, minutes. So he plays Lucifer in what I've written as probably one of the best portrayals of Lucifer in cinema only to be rivaled by Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. Hmm. Can you think of a better Satan than Viggo Mortensen or Al Pacino? Uh, Meet Joe Black. Is that the devil? Uh, or is that the Grim Reaper? Well, that's how good he was at fucking the devil he's even So forget that. Hey, uh, but can I just jump back and say, say one point that I, that I had forgot to mention? The teacher seems pretty calm about the pedo situation that was going on up in that school. That big girl was just sitting in his lap and he was like dead upset that he, she wasn't getting to stay there to cheer the juice. And she goes back and okay, the teacher didn't uh, witness the big smooch, but um, yeah, that was uh, pretty pedo. But uh, I thought the Eric Stokes character, see when he's like grandma saying, Oh, you're a beautiful girl. Yeah. And when she's a, I thought, right, come on, guys. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a bit much. Just shake her hand. Pass the soul with a handshake. Don't winch the lassie. No. But, hey-ho, 
What would you give it out of 10? I'm, fact, I'm giving going... this uh, four pedo angels out of 10. This <laughs> rubbish. Oh, actually, I didn't even rate uh, He Never Died. What would you give it then? Put myself on the spot now. Eight. Eight. And what would you give Prophecy? Eight. And give Prophecy. Yeah, probably. At six. Aye. It's, it's, it's strong performances, aye, but, but it's, it's no. It's not. It's disposable. Um, yeah. Do you want to do? Are, you, are we watching any Netflix? Or do we quick Netflix before we move on to the Netflix this week? What did I watch? I watched the last. Is it Last Days on Earth? Last Man on Earth. Uh, the one with Leif Schreiber. Right. Uh, it was quite good. It's one of those. It's a hit or miss. If. If you like. Yeah, I like a lot of shit. If you like a lot of shit, then it's worth a watch. If you really want substance and story and a strong film, probably don't bother. But it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I uh, there's two things that I had uh, to mention for Netflix this week. Uh, one Raven and one Ranton. I watched The Gift. What did you think of it? <sighs> Shite. Really? Yeah. I enjoyed it. I was, waiting for, the, I was waiting for the big twist coming and I clocked it pretty early on, but then it like there were slight differences when it got to it, but then at the end that was meant to have twisted back again. And I'm just like everybody everybody in this movie is a fucking asshole and I'm just not interested in anything that happens in your life. what I thought was to see the Joel what's his name? The kind of guy the, the guy that basically guy. directed and wrote it. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think his makeup, like his eyebrows and his hair, looked too fake the whole way through the film. Ah, you do, and yeah. I thought that was going to play a part, but it didn't. It was just really poor makeup. Also, the guy who played um, his boss, or his guy just above him in the company, uh, looked like Steve-O for Jackass. Well, shit, it does that. Yeah, it? totally does. Yeah, I, I liked the I liked the gift. I thought it was quite good. I just, no, nah, I was just fed up. I just thought yeah. the, the 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 attempt to try and change the character of Thingy Bateman was um, too, nah. Didn't yeah. work for me. I didn't like it. So what's your rave? Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid's fine. Fucking watch Turbo Kid. I told you. Uh, I'm so gutted that those guys at, at Fight Fest didn't give me a copy because that, that was in the goal. They threw three copies of Turbo <laughs> Kid and I never got one. I'm going to buy it just like you bought He Never Died. Turbo <laughs> Kid is on Netflix, UK Netflix just now. If you've never seen it, fucking watch it. It is brilliant. It's what is described as Mad Max with BMX bikes. It's, <laughs> it's oh, brilliant. It's brilliant, man. Absolutely fantastic. The effects and do you know what it started out as one like T and ABC's of Death? It was T for Turbo. It started out, I don't know whether it was actually an ABC's of Death right. or was just an, a, an entry. In, right. That's what it started and it was quite well received and they then done the actual movie. Um, I, I can't get, I've got envisions that that's what's going to happen when we finally make our short movies that they're going to be uh, they're going to grow C up C for Coctopus <laughs> <laughs> and become kind of feature lengths we'll get there we'll get there uh, I wanted to just quickly mention a movie that is not on Netflix but it was on the horror channel last night uh, and it was an effect, and I think I've watched it before but I can't remember and it was uh, Lovely Molly don't know if you've seen it it well, rings a bell but I've definitely not seen aye, it aye it's uh, there's a couple of folk that you kind of think you can place, but you're not really sure. The guy in it, who's his her her uh, man, uh, was um, the prospect in the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy, who then went mental and uh, killed his neighbour and then killed himself. Oh yeah, yeah, he just oh, he's dead for <laughs> real life. But uh, in this movie, um, it turns out that Molly's ends up as like an ex heroin addict or something. So she she's not sure if she's getting possessed or if she's just a junkie but she she proper bites him like tries to bite like and I'd be like ah, see if I, I, I marriage is meant to be for better or for worse but if I was him I'd have cut and run way before she tried to bite my lips off I'd have been out of there 
Oh, but anyway, that's that. It was alright, but I mean, I, I, I'm no, I wouldn't recommend. Uh, I don't think I watched anything else on Netflix, so. I've had a busy week. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you find the time, man? Find I know. the time, you should sit and watch me. Bringing out my boxers and that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, let's go into the creepy corner. Today we're going to try something a little different because of the religious side of the rest of this podcast. We try to find like a kind of creepy religious story that is actually based in fact. So, with research and previous fucking knowledge, we decided to pick on a famous serial killer named Albert Fish, and there's a bit of religion in it. And let's go. Albert Fish was an American serial killer active between 1924 to 1932. He really took disturbing perversions to a new level. A child rapist and cannibal, Fish liked to boast that he had a child in every state and was said to have put the number at 100. Just like our friend Fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, character assassinations in Scotland, Liam. <laughs> uh, I don't think a truthful number has ever been given. Uh, during his twisted 65 years on earth, he was a suspect in at least five murders, confessed to three that the police were already able to trace to a known homicide and also confessed to stabbing at least two other people. He was eventually caught and put on trial for the kidnapping and murder of 10-year-old Grace Budd. He was convicted and slapped into Old Smokey, the electric chair, on January 16th, 1936. Hamilton Howard Fish was born in Washington, D.C. on May 19th, 1870 to Randall Fish, a 75-year-old American with English ancestry, and Ellen, a 32-year-old Scots-Irish-American. That's a 43-year-old fucking age gap. Well played, Randall. <laughs> definitely well he's, got the, he's got the moves fucking mental man <laughs> uh, Fish was the youngest of four living children and as far as family background goes Fish's family had a history of mental illness and pretty much every member of the family were totally whack and were diagnosed with some form of hallucination suffering or manic illness uh, bear in mind this is at the time when uh, being a member of the Salvation Army or self abuse would get you uh, sectioned you'd be sectioned certainly <laughs> 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 self-abusing yourself (laughs) (laughs) that is a fucking horrible thing to say (laughs) it it, it all started going tits up for young Albert when his father died and his mum placed him in the care of St John's Orphanage in Washington Uh, he started going by the name Albert after a dead sibling of his uh, to escape the nickname of ham and eggs that the other kids gave him the orphanage used to beat the kids and young Albert started to enjoy the pain like the sadistic little bastard that he was ham and eggs isn't even that bad a nickname I mean you could have worse so if, you, if you're at school and you're bullying kids, don't call them after a Dr. Seuss book because <laughs> there's a good chance they'll grow up to Beast Wayne's. <laughs> uh, by 1880, his mother had a government job and was able to remove Albert from the orphanage. In 1882, at age 12, he got real friendly with a uh, telegraph boy who introduced him to Euro Lagnia, which is the drinking of urine, yes. and Coprophagia, or Phagia, which is eating feces. Of course. Kind of weird, at 12, my excitement was what starter Pokemon to pick on Pokemon Blue. I didn't eat eat, eat some shit (laughs) and wash it down with a warm (laughs) glass of fish. Uh, Fish began spending his time visiting the local swimming pools so he could watch other boys undress, which is also why I'm not allowed in the time capsule anymore. (laughs) 
1890, Fish had moved to New York City where he became a prostitute and in his downtime started raping young boys. As you do. Which, as, as you do, of course. <laughs> I, oh, I've got a day off. I think I'm going to find some uh, young six-year-olds to bugger. <laughs> uh, in 1898, his mother arranged for him to be married and he went on to have six children with his new wife. Credit where credit's due, Fish was never found to have physically or sexually abused his own children. But he did encourage them and their friends to spank him with a nail-studded paddle when he became addicted to self-harming. To be honest, if you're going to have kids, you might as well use them for... I think, to be, I'd probably say that that's a form of sexual abuse if you're, if you're getting sexual gratification for your No, they're only spanking a paddle. It's still pretty weird. Yeah, well, each to their own. <laughs> uh, he would embed needles into his groin and abdomen, repeatedly hit himself with the nail-studded paddle, and sometimes he even inserted wool doused with lighter fluid into his anus and set it alight. I think uh, a wee pause for a, for the what the fuck moment there I think <laughs> uh, after his arrest x-rays revealed that fish at least 29 needles lodged in his pelvic region you can actually see that x-ray if you look on uh, look online search for it google it wikipedia the x-ray's there and it's just hundreds of wee needles just but I don't understand did he just walk about with them in I know they must have jagged them moving about it's fucking weird, man. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, throughout 1890, he worked as a house painter and continued to molest children, mainly boys under six. He became obsessed with sexual mutilation and in 1903 was arrested for gra- uh, grand larceny and sent to Sing Sing. In 1910, while working in Delaware, and I only know Delaware from Rainswald, <laughs> but it says, Hi, well, I'm, I'm in, in Delaware. <laughs> Fish met a 19-year-old with slight mental retardation named Thomas Kedden. They began a sadomasochistic relationship and after 10 days, Fish took Kedden to an old farmhouse where he began to torture him over a period of two weeks. Eventually, Fish decided to tie the boy up and cut off half of his penis. You don't want to cut off half of it, you don't want to cut off the full thing. Yeah, only half See man. Him a bit uh, He was actually going to then take him out and try to dispose of his body somewhere else, but because of the warm weather, he was kind of worried that it would rot, so he poured peroxide over the wound, wrapped it in a tissue covered in Vaseline, left him a $10 bill, so the guy's actually got a bit of empathy here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also a tight bastard. Kissed Kidden goodbye and left. And after he's arrested, said that he never heard of him again or tried to find out what happened to him. So that was just vanished into the mist of I time. I like to think they gave him the $10 bill and went to him, you'll never see me again. I <laughs> 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 like Henry Rollins and walked out. <laughs> In January 1917, Fish's wife left him for a handyman who had been lodging with the delightful Fish family. Albert raised the children as a single parent but began to have auditory hallucinations, once wrapping himself in a carpet and saying that he was following the instructions of John the Apostle. It's just, I mean... I, I've never read that bit of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> in 1919, as the escalation into total fucking madness gathered speed, Fish stabbed another mentally handicapped boy in Washington. After his final arrest, he explained to police that he chose mainly victims with mental handicaps and African Americans as he assumed they wouldn't be missed and... I mean, I guess times were different back then, but even then, that just shows how much a despicable human being he yeah. is. I'd still blame it on the fact that his dad was 75. and <laughs> <laughs> far too old for his fucking mum, man. In 1924, Fish, heavily fucked in the head, felt like God was commanding him to torture and sexually mutilate children. If he was, then that is again another god. Like <laughs> the walking like, dead god, I don't I'd, believe. I'd be, I'd be fear of that god. <laughs> he had various mishaps while trying to lure children away from their parents over the next few years, either being caught in the act or accidentally revealing his murder weapons, which were a small handsaw and a meat cleaver, too soon and scaring the kids mm. away. In July of the same year, eight-year-old Francis MacDonald was reported missing. The child was found hanging from a tree in the woods near his home. He'd been sexually assaulted and then strangled with his own suspenders. 
The boy had suffered extensive lacerations to his legs and abdomen, and his left hamstring had almost entirely been stripped of flesh, as if fish probably ate it. Nah. Yeah. Dirty bastard. The crime was unsolved until 1935 when, after finally being caught and found guilty of another murder, Fish admitted to raping and killing the eight-year-old Francis MacDonald and four-year-old Bill Gaffney in 1927, who was brutally slain, stripped of all his flesh and eaten in just four days. The confession was so brutal that it kind of feels a bit weird to read it out just now. However, it does finish with the line, I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as sweet little behind it. His little monkey was as sweet as a nut, but his peewees, I could not chew. I threw them in the toilet. So fucking weird, man. <laughs> oh, in May, that whole letter is in... You can find that. Or you can, you can, find see, it, you can yeah. Google that as well, and it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. It, it's, it's too brutal that because we might make jokes and laugh... <laughs> we don't want to sound like we endorse um, peewee chewing. <laughs> the peewees are his testicles, by the way, if you didn't get that. And the monkey is his penis. <laughs> so in May 1928, Fish spotted a classified in the local newspaper from a young 18-year-old man named Edward Budd looking for a job in the country. A few days later, he visited the Budd family under the pretense of hiring the young boy, later confessing that he planned to tie him up, mutilate him and leave him to bleed to death. Using an alias, Fish promised to hire Edward and his friend and would return to pick them up the following week. Upon his return, he met Edward's 10-year-old sister, Grace, and with his sick little mind running wild, decided to change his intended victim. He made up a story about having to return to his home to attend a birthday party for his fictional niece, convincing little Grace's parents to allow him to take Grace along to the party. Grace was never seen again. In November 1934, an anonymous letter was sent to the girl's parents, in which Fish wrote, On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you and brought you a pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her, on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said yes, you could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs, stripped off all of my clothes. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run downstairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death and then cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat into my room, cook it and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her little entire body. I did not fuck her though. I could have if I wished. She died a virgin. This letter was eventually traced to Fish as it had been written on Mart's stationery which he had found in a rooming house he had been staying in at the time of writing the letter. Fish made no attempt to deny the murder of Grace Bud and that it had never entered his head to rape the girl but while kneeling on her chest and strangling her he did have two involuntary ejaculations. <laughs> I can totally understand. I mean, I had a couple the night just sitting when you showed me the boxers. <laughs> <laughs> At this... Tr- oh... He deserves to be locked up as well. <laughs> At the trial, this meant that the murder was put across as sexually motivated and there was absolutely no mention of the cannibalism which he had admitted to numerous times. He was found guilty, yet sane, and sentenced to death by the electric chair. He was said to have helped the executioner position the electrodes on his body and his last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. His lawyer revealed that he was in possession of Fish's final statement but refused to release it, stating that he would Never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I've ever read. And the award for the most perverse, fucked up animal in history goes to Albert Fish. Fucking Mental. weird man. 
It's so strange. I, I gave the same accent at the end there for the lawyer, but I figured that they're for the same place, so they would have the same <laughs> accent. <laughs> it's bonkers, man. And there's, there is there is so much more on there. Um, like if you just do a bit of research yourself, if you're interested in serial killers, um, it's the, the the full letter that he sent for the first um, the wee boy he killed is is. Yeah, he showed no remorse. No. He just he, he would just write about everything he done. There was all. Or things get caught doing all fucking weird things, but he claimed that um, he got his taste for flesh off uh, of somebody who was in the army. Am I right? Uh, it, it, but it's yeah, over in uh, yeah. The police said that they could find no substance to that because yeah, he, put that so he was letter. over in China or somewhere in Asia, and they had a uh, recession and they had no money, so they to substitute meat. They were killing young young children under ten and selling them. And he said that they that's where he said that the the ass was the the sweetest part, which is fucking strange, man. So if your name's Fish, you're probably a Wayne Beaster yeah. <laughs> only kidding uh, <laughs> basically if you're 75 and your 30 odd year or 40 odd year younger wife wants to have kids just say no there's a good chance they're going to be fucked up in the head man uh, yeah go and read about it it's interesting Yep, let us know what you think of um, that crazy bastard. If there's any serial killers out there that you, you've heard of and you want us to research. You maybe just heard a little bit about them and don't really know the story. Like, Albert Fish is mentioned in House of a Thousand Corpses, a few other ones. I've always kind of known about them and yeah. known little things, but I didn't know the extent of it. And researching them was fucking mind-blowing. Give me so many tips. <laughs> <laughs> and involuntary ejaculations. <laughs> uh, so hopefully you enjoyed that episode if you did get in touch with us yep get in touch with us uh, let us know what you thought of the movies we watched let us know any movies you think we should watch and discuss um, let us know anything you want us to discuss in the creepy conspiracy corner section and uh, and just get in touch and tell us you know if you think we're good or bad or send us your horror short movies your your books everything and we'll review it we'll read it we'll watch it we'll tell you if it's good we'll well, we will tell you if it's shit. If it's shit, yeah. we'll tell you if it's shit. I'm reading some of those short stories now that the guy sent us on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'm a few in. They're actually the I, 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 I managed them. to read the first one so far, and it's quite good. So yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll get a either a spoken review or a maybe a written review for that up shortly. We're interacting as well with people from the uh, United Nations of Horror. Yeah, and which the is a backseat driver reviews. Yeah. Uh, Both all uh, really podcasts and websites you should definitely check out. Yeah, really nice people and. They they enjoy our mindless ramblings. <laughs> so get in touch uh, with us at all the usual places. Uh, if you want to email us, it's Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail dot com. If you want to get us on Facebook, uh, it's forward slash Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can also search. We've got a Facebook group that you can become a member of. It's public. It's Scott and Liam versus Evil. It's search for it under the groups. We're on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus. And uh, we're now on Instagram. We're now on Instagram as well. Yep, Scott and Liam versus Evil. I think it's the full name. Just find us. And we're trying to backlog ourselves up with all our episodes. Um, so if you've not listened to any of the early episodes, then Instagram will inspire fucking you. Fucking what are you waiting on? I know. Come and fucking chew your monkey and your peewees. <laughs> right, chew your peewees. <laughs> right off. Uh, cool. Cheers, guys. 